Welcome to Bridging the Gap. I'm your host, Marianne Rose. You are about to embark on a relevant and timely journey of thought with registered psychologist, Dr. Cyrus Dirksen. Thank you for tuning in and expect to be enlightened right now. Hey there, Cyrus. Welcome back. <laughs> we are doing part three. Yes, it's good to be here. Awesome. We did part one and two last week of, has anyone ever told you you can live outside your head? And I think that that's one of the key points about doing this together is we're hoping to tell people something, maybe that they haven't heard before. Maybe they didn't realize that they can be shown how to mm-hmm. live intentionally towards mm-hmm. recovery. Yeah. Hey, did you ever think you could? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. It's amazing. You know, sometimes we can get into a place of immobility where we don't do anything about our feelings, where we don't do anything about our pain, where we don't do anything about our trauma. And people can experience things for such a long time that they don't realize that they can do anything about it. They can be caught in hate or anger, frustration, depression, anxiety, and they don't realize that there's something that can actually change that. People can even get to the point where they don't even know that something's wrong because it's been with them their whole life and like a fish in water, they just don't realize that there's a different kind of reality that they can live with. People can be in those places and sometimes one of the first steps is just letting them know that that's something you can do something about. Mm -hmm. If you feel unhappy, if you're unhappy and you know it, (laughs) 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 open up and let it happen. I don't know. Sister Susie, Auntie Jim, let him in. So it's like walking to a closed door. Sadness is like that. Mm. The analogy goes to opening it and letting it. Mm. So one of the first steps to being able to recover from Mm -hmm. chronic negativity Mm. is recognizing it. Yeah, being open to change. Yeah. I think it could be very painful for people to believe that they can change. I know that sounds odd. You would think that that's something people would jump at that they would jump at the suggestion, hey, you can change. But oftentimes, the feeling of hope is connected with the feeling of disappointment. And so people can, once they've been through this a bit, they can become angry at anybody who suggests Mm -hmm. something hopeful for them because they don't want to experience disappointment. They'd rather be in resignation than in disappointment, and so hope is dangerous. But you have to engage in hope, you have to engage in a process of recovery if you're going to actually have any chance of recovering. So usually one of the first steps, if somebody's not already there, is to help somebody get to the place where they experience some kind of hope. And it's very interesting because people will sometimes come in and they'll have unstated hope. They'll be like, I'm going to come and see you, Cyrus. I don't believe you can change me, but we'll see. (laughs) And it's kind of like, well, you're, you're paying to be here you actually came in the door so there's some level of hope but they deny that they even have that hope i want to but i can't (laughs) yes exactly because it hurts too much and it's scary and i don't know how and that's Mm -hmm. that's why we're here guys Mm -hmm. we're here to help you learn how (laughs) yes so that belief that that oh my goodness i can change and sometimes people even go into anger so sometimes you'll be working on helping somebody to change a perspective like maybe smoking isn't good for me and then the first step of hope is well cyrus then what can i do about it And it's actually anger because they're entering into hope and it's scary. Mm -hmm. And so they get angry about it and they're like, okay, I'm actually now entertaining the thought, Cyrus. You got me here. I have some hope and I'm scared. 
So now tell me, tell me what do I do in order to change? Tell me now so that I actually know what to do and don't disappoint me again. And so there's a lot of emotion that can come when people are thinking about actual change when they're actually starting to hope. Yeah. But that is that first step. Don't bother me. Mm. And that way of, there's this thing about humanity, and that is that when you develop a habit, even if it's a bad one, you become comfortable. Oh, yeah. And so you like it. Yes. And so <laughs> it's like if somebody tells you anything about change, even if you're asking mm-hmm. for help to get the change, yes. <laughs> you've already developed some kind of fondness. Mm-hmm. of your habit that's hurting you mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's wild because people don't even realize like actually that's that's fondness mm. that's why I'm continuing this because I've built a habit towards something it's become now my comfort zone to feel this pain mm-hmm. sometimes it's not so subtle sometimes it's actually cutting yourself people can experience I mean that might seem extreme to, to many people out there but it's very similar to a lot of the things that we do in order to distract ourselves from our pain and we get comfortable with them and we like them we like the habits that we don't like we like the habits that aren't good for us and we don't want to change and it's scary to think about changing so it is difficult it's difficult to take those first steps one day at a time mm-hmm. it's okay not to be okay even though that's cliche it's just the truth though yes and it's going to continue to be the truth forever that we are needing to more than ever just be okay that we're human Mm -hmm. and then learn Mm -hmm. we want to grow understanding we want to get better and think that even people who don't know how Mm -hmm. it is still a desire they still want that i think there's this little seed of hope even in someone who would say they feel hopeless Mm. there's a seed there yeah let's plant Mm -hmm. and water and nurture and find ways to develop that little tiny Mm -hmm. glimmer of hope yes and it's not easy and i think there's probably a lot of people out there like how can i get hope into this other person There's a lot of people who are helpers who are wondering, like, how can I get my friend, how can I get my husband, how can I get my wife to have hope again, to get them to go see that therapist, to get them to go and see the doctor, to go and get them to actually try again. And it's not easy. And normally we take the approach where we try to tell the person that something's wrong with them. Something's wrong with you. You need to change. And then they say, no, nothing's wrong with me. And that's how it goes. Where you get the person and they're actually arguing for the change you're actually getting them to argue for the actually staying in it. So I'm saying, you need to change. And they're saying, no, I don't. So for them, they're actually in the place where they're arguing that they don't need to change. And you don't want to get into that pattern. Right. I remember, for example, this little meme that's popular on the internet. And I just love it. It's with Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. (laughs) And he's got this one saying about him that he was still invited to every party, even though he was grumpy when he was there. (laughs) But he was never ostracized or omitted from the invitations. And he was allowed to be exactly who he was. And so when people are in a relationship with someone who is perpetually unhappy and troubled and perhaps causing themselves pain and even you pain, one of the greatest gifts of their recovery is an acceptance and Mm non-judgment. Of course there's boundaries. Mm -hmm. That's a whole other show. It's a whole other show, but yes, (laughs) acceptance is a big deal. Yes. And I believe that it is a big step towards 
helping somebody to take those first steps. There's different ways to change that conversation to actually get it to operate differently. So for example, if you were trying to get somebody to go and change a habit, you could ask them what are all the good things about that habit? What are all the things that they like about smoking or all the things that they like about eating too much or something like that? And then really listen to them. Allow them to express all the things that they really like about cutting themselves or whatever it is. And not feel despicable, despised towards them or to feel disgusted mm. towards them about their thing that maybe you don't like it. But if you are wanting to help someone, mm -hmm. one of the best ways is to just simply appreciate that they're on a journey. Yeah. They don't have to be exactly like you mm -hmm. to say what you say, think what you think. So, you know, mm -hmm. A lot of us want people so badly to do everything the way we would do it. Mm -hmm. And if they don't, then they're wrong mm -hmm. and they feel weird to us. And so it's like really shutting off the urge to judge and control mm. another person just so that they can mm -hmm. experience themselves in freedom. It'll make them probably, mm -hmm. okay, this is my theory, <laughs> um, is the more acceptance that they receive, the more that they're actually going to be able to let go of those things because mm -hmm. they'll learn themselves. 100%. I think one of the beautiful things that happens is when you listen to that person as they talk about why they want to do those negative habits is they become more open and they become less threatened. And that helps them to actually open up to the other side because then you can ask them, and what are some of the tough things about this? What are some of the things that you don't like about it? And then they'll be less threatened because you really sincerely listen to all the things that are tough about it. Because mm -hmm. the thing about this is almost always the person doesn't want to do that negative habit. So we take the wrong approach when we think, oh, okay, I have to convince them to stop smoking. That's usually not true. You don't have to convince them to stop smoking. They probably don't want to. Even if they say they do, they probably don't. What you actually have to do is figure out a way to make them so that they're not threatened by you, and then figure out how both of you can work together to actually solve that problem mm -hmm. and be on their same side of them because they actually are on the same side as you. Both of you want that to stop, but they might be so threatened and hopeless in that situation, so they start defending it. So if you can get them into a place where they're not threatened, then you can talk to them like, okay, so what are we going to do about this? And they're like, boy, I really do want to stop this behavior too. And it's like, okay, well, what can we do? How can I help you with this? Rather than trying to convince them to stop when they already want to stop. I like the word we. Mm. One of the reasons why I like we is because then we're partners. Mm. And I'm not better than you. You're yeah. not better than me. Mm -hmm. We can walk this road together. Especially because when a person does experience judgment and anger towards another person they want to see helped and recover, that judgment is actually in them towards themselves. And so what they're really fighting isn't the other person's behavior, but something that's making them uncomfortable. And I say this because you can't make someone feel something. Mm. What a person feels, they feel in their own body. <laughs> so mm -hmm. another person's behavior being negative and perhaps hurtful, of course there's things that can trigger hurtful responses, feelings, and upset. So that's a reality for sure. But a lot of the response is because it's in the person towards themselves if mm. they are resisting and fighting and mm. i believe that it's tied to when a person does that their need to control because they feel that they don't have control mm. mm -hmm. somewhere in them there's a lack of control so they need to control it outside of themselves mm -hmm. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I think if somebody is out of control, it's easier to pretend that they are. So it's like, 
I can't stop drinking. Well, I want to drink. I'm not out of control. They are out of control. They can't stop. But it's easier just to say that they want to do that behavior because then they're not out of control anymore. And they even convince themselves. But oftentimes, if you can get past that, if you can help the person to feel safe enough, they can actually get to the place where they admit to you and to themselves, maybe, that they actually don't want to anymore. Mm-hmm. Safety. Yeah. Oh, I really like that. Mm-hmm. Let's encourage people to look at how they can make each other feel safe. Mm in our final part of this four-part series on has anyone ever told you you can live outside your head Mm -hmm. (laughs) sounds good hey there we're back and we were talking about helping people to feel safe Mm -hmm. when they want to break a habit Mm -hmm. and get out of their head and help guide people to make intentional daily decisions to overcome. And this intention, the more they pursue a good feeling versus a negative one, the more they want that recovery and they seek ways to recover healing, the more they want that, the more they want to feel happy versus feeling sad, that that consistency is all of a sudden going to overtake on its own. Naturally Mm -hmm. good because they're now used to good. Yeah, if people can actually pursue these good feelings in ways that actually produce good feelings, it does become more of a habit. It becomes something that people do more naturally, and they then start to do it more regularly. They become more accustomed to it, and then they start to miss it when they don't do it, and so it corrects itself. So yeah, I mean, these good processes are things that often will become things that create themselves or expand on themselves. Like once you start... It can keep growing and growing and growing. And it's amazing how you say it in this way where it's like if you start doing good things, you're going to want to do good things and you're going to get used to good things. And it's amazing how people will do things that don't produce good results. That's why I have a job. People will so often do things that just don't produce good feelings. And I find that so interesting. It's so hard for people. I mean, I'm saying it's like like it's just other people. It's me too. It's so hard for people often to engage in these things that actually produce good feelings. Mm-hmm. Just to feel intentional towards yourself in wanting love and light. I think that that also means that you're receiving it. Somehow you've opened yourself up. And on this I believe there is a spiritual component that can be so strengthening that you receive grace Mm. so you become aware that you are loved Mm -hmm. and you receive that love and the more right you are with God in that sense of receiving his love because that's really Mm -hmm. all it takes in an instant you receive love and grace and then it's really like the peace with God translates to now the peace of God being a part of your everyday Mm. as often as you go get it Mm -hmm. you still have to seek peace and pursue it there's still an action to go get peace in my life Mm. I have to be intentional about that Mm -hmm. there is that intentional action that you need to do and there's also that just accepting it because it's there it's so interesting like these things are often not as far away as people think to have a good relationship for example to have a relationship that's fulfilling and that can be positive is often not that far away but there's so many things that are in the way for people so for example one of the biggest ones is trust to trust somebody else that person is probably just around the corner they're not far away mm-hmm. but to actually trust somebody enough to let them in to actually allow them to speak into your life to actually allow them 
to have influence in your life, to allow them to connect with you and to share vulnerabilities with them. It is so challenging for people. And this is what creates drama. Like, I want to be close to you. So they start to get closer and closer and closer. And then the drama comes when you can't trust anymore. And then all of a sudden you do something to disrupt the relationship, to give yourself some space. And so you do something negative, you do something to push the other person away, that creates drama. But then you feel better because it's, ooh, I feel a little safer now because the other person's farther away. But then it's like, oh, but I want connection. And so then you go back and you become a pursuer. And then you push away again and it creates this drama, which is something that feels familiar, something that feels comfortable, but isn't really what you want. You really want to be close. So in that way, it's like you have to do something, yes. But it's often right there, that person, you just have to allow them in. You just have to trust them. I mean, there's a whole bunch of judgments that need to go along with that to actually choose somebody that you can trust. There's wisdom around that for sure. But so often people will sabotage their own good feeling. Mm -hmm. Just by being moody. (laughs) Yes. You know, it's just like... I don't like it. I don't like you. And allowing, I would say, even arrogance Mm -hmm. is a part of that where pride Mm -hmm. comes in to not allow trust to take place because I don't need you. I'm better than you Mm -hmm. or something like that. I know that there's people out there who will have to have two relationships. So they're cheating on people. But it's not because they don't like the people. It's not because they are filled with hatred or trying to be mean or it's not even about sexual satisfaction. They are cheating because they want to have safety and they can't trust one person with their intimacy and so they have to have another person in order to be comfortable either a very close friendship that's probably inappropriate who knows but they need more and this is a pattern that i see in multiple people where they are either with two people or they're looking for two people (laughs) and it's just that trust thing Mm. they can't trust themselves Mm. to somebody it's too painful to get hurt and to not have somebody else there. Well, and then just to feel like something is outside of you, that you have to go seek for it in multiple different places. Mm -hmm. Already most people are learning that a lot of what your recovery is, is based on what you're experiencing with yourself. You live with yourself, Mm. your relationship with yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, trusting yourself, Mm -hmm. loving yourself, right? That's the first Mm -hmm. place. And people being able to actually sit with themselves I mean, these are things that are good, but are so difficult sometimes for people. But once you can do them, once you can have good experiences, they beget more good experiences. Mm -hmm. And as you can learn to trust people, as you take those risks, you can get actually accustomed to trusting people. And you don't have to engage in the drama anymore you don't have to disrupt it let's go back just to speak the part about trust that has to happen within you Mm. there has to be a breakthrough there because Mm -hmm. i think that when you're not trusting somebody it's because you're not trusting yourself so trustworthiness is that sense of i'm worthy of trust for myself Mm -hmm. oh this is like a big one to unravel and to understand well for somebody let's say that somebody is having difficulty trusting somebody else And they want to take this risk of trust. Let's say they want to get engaged or or something like this. I want to trust. I want to make a commitment. And then sometimes it's like people don't like what ifs. You know, like, well, don't don't think about the what ifs. Just go forward. Well, let's talk about what if he hurts you? What if she hurts you? What if you get engaged and it doesn't go well? And she hurts you, he hurts you. Can you trust yourself to recover? Can you trust yourself to be okay in the end? Right. And then is there anything outside of that relationship that you can trust? For example, if you could trust something 
bigger that is trustworthy, you can trust yourself to manage the disappointments in life. So if you can trust God, for example, if you can have that stability, then maybe it's like, well, I can manage the disappointments. I can manage the break in trust with this other person. I can deal with that because I can trust God. And so if you can have something stable in your life like that, then you will trust yourself more, and then you can trust other people yes, more. because you'll grow instinct, because this has a lot to do with kindness. God is kind. Mm. It's one of his beautiful attributes, and so he's always kind to you. Mm-hmm. And then you, in turn, receive that kindness. You receive it for yourself and towards yourself. And then you also develop this beautiful instinctive behavior of living. Now you can actually live with this kindness that goes before you in a way that helps you to discern when a relationship isn't going to be healthy and when that person might hurt you. And so instinct is developed because you've actually received kindness. And so this thing about instinct, Mm. something that is natural, instinct Mm -hmm. is a natural response. Mm -hmm. You can develop instinct you can mm-hmm. develop the natural response you can learn to hear mm-hmm. tune into truth and so i think the core of this conversation has to do with being able to accept truth and truth might at this moment be something's not good mm. body is hurting mm-hmm. i'm in pain mm-hmm. the relationship is suffering the truth right there accept it mm-hmm. yeah i think you can learn to do these things naturally. I think you can learn to be in the moment and interact in ways that you don't have to continually correct or rethink. Mm -hmm. You can become somebody who, as you engage in these things, they're going to become more natural, instinctual, intuitive. They're going to become things that happen and you'll trust yourself more to do them. So then they'll become easier and natural. The first time you do things, it often is awkward and unnatural and as you develop that skill you will be able to do this in a way that is smoother and without thought and without as much emotional volatility you'll be able to just do it and and trust yourself to do it like developing a friendship this is something that as you begin skill in it you'll just know you'll know how to do that you'll know how to trust people what to look for and it won't cause you so much volatility and then we see that in older people as they get older the speed of their cognitive abilities actually decreases but their choices become better over time so they don't need to make as many decisions because their decisions are better and wiser so even though they're slower they have that intuition they have that experience that's taught them how to get to good things and how to get to good feelings yes life Mm -hmm. (laughs) life Mm -hmm. will teach you one way or the other life will teach you but you can be intentional about it yes you can choose life Mm-hmm. You can make a decision today to have a better outcome just by accepting where you are mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then looking for good, pursuing mm-hmm. peace yeah. and making a decision now, what feels good, what is good, what is better than this? Mm-hmm. And it might be just this tiny little thing. Yeah. But continually making those choices makes it more of a reality in your life and something that will just continue moving forward. Mm-hmm. If you can choose peace, if you can choose goodness, those things will be in your life and you'll be a peaceful person. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 I'm so happy. <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, we're out of time and we spoke health, mm-hmm. life, mm-hmm. truth, and we hope people receive it. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. thanks for joining us, everybody. Mm-hmm. Take care.
Well, that was an honor to get to spend that time with you. Appreciate you tuning in. Please check out more of Dr. Cyrus at maplecrestchurch.ca and at drcyrusdirksen.com. Thanks again and tune in next time for Bridging the Gap. I'm Marianne Rose.